Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Hallelujah. Anybody remember what we're studying? Keys to the kingdom. Everybody say keys to the kingdom. Thank God for keys. Amen. I remember the first vehicle we bought that you didn't use a key on. You know, it has the, you push the button and it starts. There was a, I guess there still is an Italian restaurant over off 31st Street that Lee and I used to eat at quite a lot. And so I dropped her off at the front door and uh, she had the little in her, in her purse. And so she got out and went in the door and I took off down the street and I got about from here to the back wall. And that whole thing just went, yeah. And I'm like, you know, this piece of junk, let's take it back. And, and then I remembered she's got that little deal with her. Amen. So thank God for knowledge. Amen. Praise God. In your Bibles, if you turn, turn to the book of Daniel. Might be a strange book, but let's turn there. Daniel chapter 10. Now, if you remember last week, we were talking about ministering on and teaching along the lines of resistance, of you, you know, engaging the demonic powers that want to kill you. That's the bottom line is what they want to do is they want to kill you. Amen? And a lot of times they remain unengaged either through lack of knowledge, that's the number one way, other ways is just through, you know, apathy or complacency. Another way is people get used to living in torment. Now, let me just say this. If you have any level of fear, torment, uh, pain in your life, God doesn't want you living with that. I should have got a better amen in that. Fear, torment, pain, anxiety, uh, bad dreams, whatever, all that kind of stuff. God doesn't want you living like that. And many times we don't realize how spiritual our problems really are, especially when it comes to the torment of the mind, uh, attack of our physical body, many times the attack on our finances, all kinds. They're spiritual in origin. You know, I, I believe, you know, according to the Word of God, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all that were, <clears throat> excuse me, oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. I believe all sickness and disease and anything connected to it is oppression from the devil because the Bible says it is. And in much of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, he spoke either to the, to the spirit or he spoke to the blindness or he spoke to the, to the lack of... He, had, he engaged the problem with his authority by his words. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Everybody say engaged. 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 Glory to God, that fell off. You'd almost think I have a roll of something under there. <laughs> Y'all missed a good opportunity to laugh. Amen. So you've got to, listen, you can't just let the devil continually beat your head in. Because he will do it. One of the, one of the number one indications of, of demonic attack is frequency of thought that you're not initiating into your mind. You ever notice that? That just comes to you through. You know, and sometimes it's a, it's a thought that goes by and you capture that thought. And you begin to roll that thought around in your mind. 
you know, begin to uh, look at the different angles of that thought, and then here comes this download of it from every direction. That's demonic. That's an oppressive spirit. And the problem with oppressing spirits, you let them oppress you long enough, you'll get obsessed with that spirit, and many times an obsessed spirit on somebody's life looks like demon possession. It'll take you over. It'll take, take your thinking over, take your physical body. It's terrible. But no Christian should live like that, especially when God has given us the answer. Now, what we've discovered is we've studied subjects like faith, the authority of the believer, the power of the Word of God, the ability of the Holy Spirit in our lives. All of these things have been empowered by the God that we serve, but He put them down upon the earth in the covenant in which we live, not so that He could act on them on our behalf, but so that we could act on them for our own behalf which means we're the ones with the responsibility to do something about the devil. Amen? And if, listen, if it doesn't start in our own lives personally, how in the world are we going to do something about a devil in a city or a, or a nation or a region or an area? You can't do anything. You've got to start with yourself. Begin to engage the enemy in your own life and begin to say, I am not going to think like this, live like this, feel like this, be like this anymore. And you've got to say that so those stinking devils know you mean business. Then you just take the Word of God and just beat the way out of them. Amen? That's what it's designed for. I mean, if you've got any kind of militant, violent streak in you, save it for the devil. Turn it loose on the devil. Amen? Not your husband. <laughs> Daniel 10. Then we'll go to Ephesians real quick. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia. Everybody say king of Persia. King of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. Now in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. So it's, they call that the Daniel fast. I think that's a fast where you partially fast. Uh, you know, you don't out, now out eating all of the, the, the foods that you like and everything. You just kind of, you're just kind of surviving on some simple staple in order to humble your flesh. That, that's what he was doing. Amen. Ain't no, ain't no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine into my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three weeks were fulfilled. Now this guy was serious about see, seeking God. I mean, he's on a fast. He hadn't bathed. He hadn't cut his beard. He just, he, he's got to have an he got He got a vision from God and he got to have an answer for it. Amen? Now notice what it says. It says, Then I lift up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with, with fine gold, the fine gold of Urfar. His body also was like a barrel. His face uh, as the appearance of lightning. His eyes as lamps of fire. His arms uh, and his feet, uh, his arms and his feet like in color to polish brass. And the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. Well, that's no regular person. Amen. It said, and I, Daniel, uh, alone saw the vision. For the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great, a great quaking fell upon them. Now, how'd you like to just be around somebody who was having a vision from God, and that vision was so anointed, you weren't having the vision, but you're over there shaking. 
That was, that was going on with all his buddies. Amen. They're all over stand, sitting there shaking. They know God's doing something. A great, a great quaking fell upon them uh, so that they fled to hide themselves. Well, I was praying, that'd be pretty strong. Amen. Therefore, I was left alone and saw this great vision and there remained uh, no strength in me uh, for my comeliness was turned uh, in me into corruption and I retained no strength. He lost all of his physical strength. Yet I heard the voice of his words and when I heard the voice of his words, then I was in a deep sleep on my face and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man, a greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken these words unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he, un said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day, now here's where we need to notice this, from the first day, the first day, that thou didst set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God. Thy words were heard. Now notice this. I am come for thy words. Now notice what he did not say. He did not say, I've come for the problem. Well, if he came for the problem, none of us would have any problems. So what he comes for is what? He comes for the words that we speak. We speak the Word of God. Listen, that releases the hand of God. That releases the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That releases the angelic realm. That releases the power of the Word. If you're praying a prayer of agreement, that releases the power of agreement. I'm telling you, there is some power that gets released. Amen? Amen. When you begin to realize these truths of that which is what? What have we been talking about on Sunday? We look not at that which is seen, but at what's I was meditating on that. I was just thinking and meditating on that the other day. And something happened to me back in the, in the, in the late 80s, about 1989, 90, right in there. Uh, I was traveling quite a bit. Uh, uh, Leah was still working in her business. And I had uh, uh, two or three days off during the week. And I came, we were still living, we were living up in Texas City. I came down here to go surfing. And uh, I don't know if you know uh, uh, how, much, uh, how much you know about the ocean and all that kind of stuff, but, but, but you do need some knowledge of it if you're going to be around it much. Because where the ocean is, is two realms. Amen? There's the, there's the ground, then there's the aquatic. It's, it's different in, in, in every way, in texture, in, in makeup, in, in a chemical composition, uh, you know, you got sand here, then you got a line, and where that line is, the sand meets the water. So you got two different places. Now, I, I was down here, and there was a couple of friends of mine. We were standing around. We were right there at 37th Street by the, by the Commodore Hotel. And that rock jetty that goes out right there, when, when waves are coming to the island, they're, they're usually coming from the south or the southeast. Sometimes they'll come from the southwest. But if you ever drive up on the beach and you see, and it looks like one side of that rock jetty is real rough, and the other side seems kind of smooth. Well, that's what's going on there is that rough side, all that water is rushing up on those rocks. But on that other side, which looks not, uh, which looks not near as dangerous, you see what I'm saying? It doesn't look near as dangerous, but it's a hundred times more dangerous. You go on that side, it's just going to wash you on the rocks. You go on the other side, 
And it's either going to suck you down that jetty or it's going to suck you down into a hole. Now, we were there and uh, 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 I saw uh, a couple of the guys, I saw them leave. And when they left, they stopped and talked to this group of people standing right by the rock jetty. And we were on the east side of it, right in the way, back into the jetty, and it was smooth next to that jetty. You could just, it'd be like an elevator, just, I mean, an a, a escalator, take you right out to the brake. Hardly had to paddle. And so I kept, every, every guy that I knew that would walk by those people would stop and talk to them, stop and talk to them. So I, when I got out, I looked and I could tell why they were stopping and talking to them is because those people were going right next to the rocks and going out there and swimming and getting chest deep and getting, you know, uh, up, to their, up to their shoulders, getting that deep. And I found out later that this entire group of people was part of the track team from University of Houston. So when I got out and was walking up, there were four young men in the water. And they were, one of them was about waist deep. The other two were about chest deep. And you could see it pulling on them. And they were kind of, it was kind of like a joke to them, you know. And so I said, hey, 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 you know, uh, you guys, why don't you, why don't y'all go down about, you know, 25 yards, 50 yards. And why don't you uh, uh, swim there? Don't swim here. I said, number one, this is going to sweep you out the ocean. And, and right up there about 25 yards, uh, my brother can tell you, there's a big hole right there. I mean, a big, uh, it's a hole. Um, we know because we're always in the water over there. And, you know, they were kind of, yeah, that's what everybody's been telling us. Well, see, there's two different realms there. And there were people coming out of the water that had knowledge of the realm that they were getting into, but they did not know what they could not see. Amen? Well, that night I got a phone call from one of, those, one of, those, one of my friends called me up. He said, did you know two of those people drowned? I said, you've got to be kidding me. He said, no, I'm telling you, two of them, and there are two of them that were on the track team of the University of Houston. One of them was a potential Olympian, and they went, and just like every person that came out of that water and told them, there's a hole right there, there's a hole right there, that water grabbed them and sucked them right down into that hole. They didn't find them until the next day. The two different dimensions, the land, you're safe on the land, everything's fine, but you go into a dimension in which you do not understand the dynamic of that dimension, you're going to get in trouble. Amen? And there are things in the spirit realm you must understand, and the number one thing, and I wanted to use this illustration in Daniel to help you see how vitally important your words are. And your words put you in the unseen realm. And it's in that unseen realm where your authority works. I've seen more success with people in teaching the Word of God and the things of God when you just teach people to flat tell the devil no. I ain't doing it no more. This ain't happening anymore. I'm not suffering with the disease, the sickness, my mind. I'm not. And it may not happen overnight where you get total relief and deliverance, but you make a decision. I'm going into that realm with the knowledge that I have, and I'm going to stay within the safety of that knowledge, and I'm going to engage whatever this stinking thing is that's trying to destroy my life, and I'm going to get the victory because God's already given it to me in Christ. Yeah. Now look at this. Look at this. I am come for thy words. Now notice, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now just for your study reference, when, when, when in the Old Testament, especially when they're, they're talking about uh, uh, 
uh, uh, different nations, different places. They use the two terms, the prince and the king. Many times the king is talking about the physical ruler, but the prince is speaking of the spiritual ruler. You understand that? So here he's not referring to one of the relatives of the king. When he says, the prince of Persia withstood me, he's talking about a spiritual entity. Amen? A spiritual entity. But, but now notice this. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, what did he do? He withstood me. He resisted me. Twenty and one days. Now he's resisting. Who's he resisting? He's resisting a powerful angel. Amen? He's resisting a powerful angel. And see, I've seen people read this and thought, oh, well, no wonder we can't get anybody prayer, any answered prayer. Any I mean, he can beat up an angel. He can beat... No, no, you've got to understand what they're talking about here. Prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. One in 20 days, 21 days, three weeks. Uh, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the king of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. The devil did not want that printed in that book. Did you get what I just said? He did not want. There is some significance in this chapter and in these chapters, like every chapter and every book, to the days in which we live. And this is showing us that there is an engagement in the spirit realm that takes place. And in the old covenant, he had to have angelic help. It took three weeks to get an answer down here. And he prayed every day for three weeks and fasted and didn't bathe, didn't go out in public. He just fought that thing till it got down here to the ground and he got the answer. But now here's what I want you to understand. That realm is different now. That does not mean the behavior of those princes and the demonic. That doesn't mean their behavior changes. Because the change did not happen with them. The change happened with us. Yes. Amen. You say, what do you mean by that? Uh, man had no authority. Man had no power. Man had no right, no legal right. Man could not do anything about the devil. The devil reigned as a, as a, as a prince of power, uh, principality and a power over this earth. My goodness, it didn't take him long after the fall of Adam to get the whole thing judged by God where everybody died but eight people. Amen. So I'm telling you, it, it was a mess. It was a mess because nobody could do anything about it. But thank God Jesus came. God manifested in the flesh. He was made in the likeness of men, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. But here's the deal. When he rose from the dead and demonstrated the power of God through resurrection from the dead, that entire dimension of the spirit realm changed for us. Amen. You say, how could that happen? Number one, those principalities and powers were defeated, spoiled. It says in 1 John 3, 8, For this reason was the Son of God manifest, that He might destroy the works of the devil. He has destroyed the works of, of the devil. You say, well, pastor, it seems like the devil's just ruling and reigning. You bet he is. He has people cooperating with him through the same type of deceit he used upon the woman in the garden. He has people all over the world cooperating with him because he has not been dealt with totally yet. 
And the process of him being totally dealt with is ongoing, and we are all a part of that drama. I'm sorry, you can't get out of this. You are in this, so you might as well get taught, get fueled up, get fired up, and kick the devil out of your life. If you don't, he's going to find a permanent place to live. He could care less about tormenting or attacking the world. The world has the torment of sin and iniquity wearing them out. I mean, the world's gotten to the place where it would, re- it would rather lie and it be destructive than tell the truth and do something good. Just like it says over in Isaiah, where, where, where evil is good and light is dark, we're living in those days. And many people that are believers they just don't have the knowledge. They just don't understand. Why am I going through so much? Why is so much happening to me? Why does it seem like my finances, my job, my mind, my health, all of this seems to be happening at one time. It's because the enemy is on a rampage and he wants to do everything he can do to try to bring an onslaught to the church to keep the church out of revival, to keep the church out of harvest, to keep the church out of an awakening because he knows his days are numbered. Now you think about that, an eternal being coming down to the end of his reign upon this earth Literally, we're, we're so close to the rapture, it could take place tomorrow. And then he would have seven years, an eternal being created in the expanses of time in which the beginning is, you, can't, you don't know the beginning, you don't know his end. And now for a thousand years, he's going to be locked up. He'll have no access to, access to the earth. His demon powers will not have any access to the earth. I know there'll be a little period of time after that millennial reign, which he'll be loosed on the earth. And what will he do? The same thing he did the first time he was here. He's going to steal, kill, destroy, confuse, mess up, and God's people are going to have to put him right back in his place. Then he'll be judged eternally, locked up eternally, amen, with, with death, with hell, and with every person that did not name the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's why it pays to serve God. Now, how's my time? I'm doing good. Everybody say, it's changed. It has. I'm telling you, it has changed. Everything has changed for us. Now go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Let me get over there. Now, stay with me. It may sound like I'm going a different direction, but I'm not. When you study, when you become a student of the Word of God, there is a catchphrase in the Bible that most of the blessing of God that has to do with our lives in this dispensation is connected to. And that phrase is the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. You see it connected to so much in the New Covenant where it says, you know, we're, 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 we're partakers of the divine nature through the precious promises of God, through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is a mandate upon the believer to, to have a strong desire in them to know Christ, to know Jesus. The Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3 at the end of his life in one of the prison letters wrote that I may know him. He didn't write, let me build another church, let me go on another mission trip, let me do, nothing about him. He wanted to know Christ. To apprehend, he said it like this, to apprehend that which I've been apprehended of. Something got a hold of me, I got to pursue it and get a hold of it. Because it, it, it radically 
gave me new life and changed everything that I was about. So that's what he did. He spent his whole life pursuing Jesus and all of the, all of the churches and letters and all that, that was extracurricular activity that just happened to go on while he was chasing Jesus. Amen? So remember that. Keep that in your mind as we, as we talk about this because you'll, you'll see why in just a moment. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on. Everybody say, put on. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the traps of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this, of, of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen? Now, I don't want to alarm you, but socially, we're in trouble. How many of you know that? I mean, you are connected with a group of people that are not wanted on this planet. Amen. You're, I like what Brother Osteen said years ago. We're a people going back to a place we've never been. <laughs> amen. And I'm telling you, as the days keep going, amen, I mean, just, just, it just keeps getting weirder and weirder. Can it get any weirder? Yeah, watch. It'll get weirder than this. Amen. And, and, and the anti-God and the anti-Christ spirit is just, it's just prevalent everywhere. Doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Now, the thing about that is, is God knew that as he wound up this dispensation, there would be a remnant of his people upon the earth. He knew that. He knew everything that was going to happen with Christianity. He knew that people would deny the power of God. Everything that he wrote to Timothy has, has, has happened, has, has become true. Don't you agree? I do. I mean, just, just, just look around. Read the history, read the history of, uh, of Christian religion in the world. So... Here we are on earth, and as the deterioration of the, what we would call the fabric of our society continues to happen, we have to make a decision to stand in the reality of not... And then listen, I'm as patriotic as anybody else you'll see as we celebrate 4th of July. We'll have a wonderful time, sing patriotic songs, do stuff like that. But in reality, you're not going to make it to heaven because you're an American. Amen? And your nationality is not going to be uh, challenged. Your ethnic background is not going to be challenged. Your gender is not going to be challenged. But your spirituality will be challenged. Now God knew that. But upon the earth right now, I believe, abides the greatest revelation that's ever been on the planet. And I'm not talking about a singular revelation of the Word of God. I mean, there's more teaching, there's more preaching, there's more expounding, there's more... There, I mean, you can get on the Internet, you can buy, I don't know how many hundreds of translations and paraphrases of the Bible. Now, you can go to ministers all over the world. You can download stuff off the Internet. I'm telling you, the knowledge of God is flooding the earth like the waters cover the sea. That's the day we're living in. But the response to that is a different story. The response to that, because there's coming such a split and a division where one part, people are going to begin to seek the light and the life of God and they're going to see things for what they're... And the other group is just going to be looking for their place in what's fixing to happen. 
Amen? And I guarantee it's, if you don't think it's going to be dog-eat-dog, it'll be worse than that. It'll be worse than that. But the good news is we won't be here. Amen? Now, put on. Everybody say, put on. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand, uh, withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having the blessed breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Read in the Amplified, beginning in verse 13. We found it. Therefore, now notice, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger and having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. Stand therefore. Hold your ground. Did you get that? Stand therefore. Listen, quit giving ground to the devil. Everything you do today that's less than what you did yesterday spiritually is giving ground to the devil. Amen? And then people wonder why. Why am I being attacked? Why is this happening? Why is, you, listen, you got to stay with it and then you got to increase it. And once you, you increase it and get there, then you got to increase it again. Then you got to, it's a constant battle to continue to move forward in your spirituality because all the attacks of your adversary, all of the oppression, the pain, the sickness, the disease, the poverty, the lack, it lays in the vacuum in between the place where you should have gone to and didn't. Amen. How many have experienced that? But thank God for His mercy. Like God is really cool at letting you catch up. He don't want you out in front because you can get yourself in mixed, up, mixed up in something God can't get you out of. Oh, I don't believe that. Talk to Adam. Amen. So you've got to make a decision to keep doing something. Spirit, say, well, you know, last week I was praying for Five minutes a day. I think I'm going to have to pray for seven minutes a day. You better. And then 10. And then 12. And then 15. And keep building it. Well, I, I was reading a chapter a day. Anybody still read your chapter a day? I do. I read it. Do you know why we do it? Anything to stimulate your study and reading of the Word. Amen. I mean, I've thought about giving out yard-long candy bars for Bible reading. I won one one time a yard-long candy bar for reading the Bible. You know why I read the Bible? To get that yard-long candy bar. <laughs> I'm not that deep. I try to tell you that all the time. Everybody say, put on. Put on. <laughs> Stand there for Hold your ground. 
having tightened the belt of truth around your loins, having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral recititude and right standing with God, having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and promptness and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. Lift up all the covering shield of all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked. Now you know the fiery darts, the missiles, you don't know what those are, right? Those are thoughts. They try to pierce your shield of faith and get into your mind. Amen. Because there's one thing about getting hit with an arrow, but there's something different with a fiery one. Because it's going to do more damage than just a, a, a puncture wound in someone's body. It's going to start a fire. I'll let you think about that later. Amen. You don't need any fiery darts in your head. The readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. Lift up overall, the overall covering, shield of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit and the sword that the Spirit yields, which is the Word of God. Pray at all times, in every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty, to the end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance in interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. Now let me read it one more time out of my Passion. I want to read it out of the Passion Bible. Beginning there in verse 10 again. Now my beloved ones, I have saved, I like this, I have saved the most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of His explosive power flowing in and through you. Now, one of the biggest problems that men and women have in the body of Christ is thinking that they have no power. But you do not have power by a physical registration of it. Oh, you know, we're just shaking and lightning's coming out of here. Well, maybe one day we'll be like that. But for now, it's not there. That doesn't mean there are times when the anointing's not so strong where you can feel the power of God moving, but for the most part, you better start saying, I got some power. I got some word power. I got some Holy Ghost power. I got some spiritual armor. You, the first person that needs to be convinced of that is you. Everybody say, I have power. Say, I have power. I like that. I ought to preach, amen. Supernaturally infused with strength through your life union. I like that. With the Lord Jesus, stand victorious with the force of His explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Accuser, Your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all of the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you, will, for you, for you are... 
destined for all things and will rise victorious. Now listen to that. You are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you, to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert, then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance, like a helmet to protect your thought from lies. And take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word. Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly, as you constantly, I'm ashamed now that we stopped having prayer every night. We'll go back to Wednesday. <laughs> Amen. Oh, hallelujah, you know. Constantly. Sometimes we wonder why things aren't working. Amen. As pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. Now that's New Testament stuff. Amen. So we've got to make a decision to do what? To be more spiritually aware of the two dimensions that have brought us together as a people, brought us together as a church, the unseen realm, the seen realm, but all of the equipping that God is doing in this realm. Listen, if you would just go back a half a century, 50 years, stand in a pulpit and preach these truths, people would go, you mean I'm supposed to do something about the devil? Then we had a rush of teaching about this. And then, and then all of a sudden, a lot of that teaching just got squelched by people saying, well, no, all you got to do is just come to church for 45 minutes on Sunday. Be a nice person. Everything's going to be okay. And the devil had just moved right in and disarmed three quarters of the body of Christ. Now you get up and say things like, you better do something about the devil. Oh, the devil. You know, now I know there's good and evil. I heard somebody say that one time. There's good and evil, but a devil, come on, you really believe in a devil. I tell you, there is a devil out there. And he is a wicked individual being, but he is defeated. He is under our feet. But I'm going to tell you something. He's going to act like he did in the garden if you let him. But I ain't going to let any snake crawl into my garden. I wouldn't do it in the natural, and I'm not going to do it in the spirit. So literally, every believer that has knowledge of these things, you have to make a decision. I'm going to engage. I'm going to stand fast. I'm going to build these truths of this armor into my life. Thank God I can come to church and hear about it every once in a while, but there's some things I'm going to have to do myself. I'm going to have to read up on this. I'm going to have to meditate on it. I'm going to have to begin to speak it. I'm going to have to begin to thank God for all this armor He's provided. Then I'm going to have to put it on. How do you put it on? By the confession of your mouth every day as you speak the Word of God over your mind, you speak the Word of God over 
over your body, over your heart. You declare your righteousness. You have to do that day after day after day. You say, why? Because there is a real devil, real demon powers. They want to kill, steal, and destroy, and they will come at you day after day after day after day. And the day you take a break is the day they get ahead. Amen? I listen to, to, I don't know how many of y'all do, but I listen to uh, uh, Brother Joe Morris every Wednesday. And uh, just to see his zeal and his excitement, we'll get him here in the next few months to get him come teach. And, uh, but just to hear his zeal and excitement, but there's one truth he's been declaring that, that I, I tell you we need to get hold of. Everybody needs to get a hold of. And that is the change of mentality. And that is this. He uses it, he illustrates it with football in a football game and how, how you know, you play a game uh, for four quarters. But when the two-minute warning comes, especially if it's a close game, both teams on defense and offense, they have a whole new mentality change. You talk about the two-minute clock, the two-minute drill. Listen, those football players, I remember I played football enough, and I remember working on the two-minute drill, working on the two-minute drill, working on the two It was different. It was more intense. It was more calculated. It was more strategized. We got to work on the two-minute drill. Defense and offense. Why? Why did we do it? Why did we do a two-minute drill? The end is at the end of the two minutes. So you don't play the game the same as you did all four of those quarters. There's just two minutes left. So, you know, the coaches would say, things, well, you're going to have to suck it up. You're going to you have to gut it out. You know, you, gotta, you, know, you may be hurting. And, uh, that's true. Everybody's the, mo they're the most beat up at the end. That's not scriptural. That's just in football. Amen. But that's when the greatest demand comes upon you. That's when the quarterback has to be his sharpest. The receiver has to have his, his best hands. Uh, the defense has to have their strongest stand. The offense has to, has to block their very best. I mean, it goes to another level. And we are inside of that two-minute warning. Everything on the earth is screaming it. From nature itself to what's going on in the stars and in the skies to what's going on in the Middle East and the world, it is screaming, this is it, this is it, this is it, this is it. Amen? Amen. So we have to make a decision as believers to obey the Word. Well, Pastor, I heard somebody say this one time. What if we miss it? What if, what if it's not God? What if all this is... What a great way to serve God. Amen. <laughs> I witnessed somebody on a plane one time on the way to Europe. And his conclusion was, you know, what if I'm right and you're wrong? And I said, well, if I'm right and you're wrong, amen, you're in big trouble. You're going to burn forever. He looked at me like I was crazy. I said, but if I'm wrong and you're right, I ain't got nothing to lose. Amen? You have to understand, church, we're here for such a time as this to know what we know so we can do what we're supposed to do. And every one of you that have been fighting these battles, especially in your mind, your fight, it seems like this, this, this continual, ever feel like you're being piled on? I know one time I got piled on, I couldn't breathe. I'm glad they got up off me. Really, I mean, it was, it was, it was, I was starting to panic because I couldn't breathe. And the enemy, remember what Solomon said. I'll close with this. The enemy said it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And the analogy of that is that the big foxes, they, they don't have any trouble eating fruit. 
There are things that come into your life that eat the fruit, but it's amazing if you're right with God and your heart's right, the fruit grows right back. But the little foxes, they can't get up that high. They can't get up on the, on the vines. They can't do that. So they get together down at the bottom and they go to digging. And they dig the whole plant up and drag it off. And the whole thing dies. And listen, I, I've been there before where it seems like everything, looks like everything. I mean, uh, the car breaks down, the washer breaks down, the, you know, somebody gets a bad doctor's report, this happens, that happens. Listen, that's called life. That's called life. But the good news is, you're not a natural person. You're a supernatural person. You have the life and the power of God in you, and you have the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ that is growing on the inside of you. Amen? And, I, you know, who am I to say anything to a Wednesday night crowd? I mean, you're here on Wednesday night. But you are the people that I need to tell. Come up higher. Well, we're, doing, we're here on Wednesday night. Well, it's a, you know, that's, that's all well and good. But still, look for areas in your life to push forward, to step forward. You know, study a subject. Uh, uh, join a, uh, uh, get a Bible course. Get a, go online, get a Bible course or something. We've, we've got several people taking the Rhema Correspondence uh, uh, Bible School, taking that Bible. Just, well, don't, they te- don't you teach enough at the church? There's never enough. It's never enough. Be strong in the Lord, the power of His might, and I guarantee you, we're going to enjoy these days and see God do something great in our lives as we live as the overcomers that God's called us to be in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you right now. Thank you for your overwhelming grace, goodness, mercy, and compassion. And tonight, Father, as we just take a moment and saturate in an atmosphere that's infused with your word, As your word says, let the word of God dwell in us richly. Richly. We thank you, Father. As we attend to your word, incline our ear into its saying. We don't let it depart from our eyes. We keep it in the midst of our heart. It is life. It is life. For we have found it. It is health. It is health to all of our flesh. Father, as we leave tonight, We're so grateful for the principles, the precepts, the truths, and the reality of your word and your spirit. Through that knowledge, we act upon your word. Psalms 91, no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Luke chapter 10, we walk upon serpents, scorpions, over all power of the enemy. Nothing by any means, nothing by any means harm us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the earth. Therefore, we declare over the, over the hazardous things of just living modern life, our transportation on these highways and roads, Lord. Lord, out in the ocean with all the traffic that's in this area. Up in the skies, Heavenly Father, as, as the airlines try to return to some semblance of normalcy. And Father, on the rails, those that travel the rails, other ways of transportation, Father, we declare protection, safety, that you keep us, keep your hand of protection upon us. And Lord, so many different people, so many different ways in which we earn a living. But Father, we thank you that we're not subject to evil plans of men, the wicked devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. Therefore, we stand against accidents, trauma, terror, These events that happen in which uh, uh, masses of people are harmed or killed, 
Thank you, Father. We will not be involved in that. We will be kept from it. We declare it. We make a decision to engage in the spirit realm and declare our protection and safety. Even from the pandemics, the variances, the viruses, no matter what it may be, we declare Jehovah Rapha, the healer and health of our body. Lord, we thank you that you stir our hearts. Let us enter into that two-minute mentality. Realize there are precious loved ones all around us that the rapture of the church that would be our glory would be their doom. Let us recognize and realize that hell is forever. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. Let our, let our witnesses be strong. Stir the compassion of God in us. Make us a blessing to people, an answer to their prayer, a problem to the devil, a miracle in someone's life. Lord, we leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you and love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You have called us to be thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.